You are listening to a very special Halloween episode of Money to Burn. Listen on, if you dare. Welcome along to Money to Burn, the podcast that looks at the lighter side of business. But there's nothing light about this week's episode, as we give you a Halloween special version of Money to Burn. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And we're going to start off by creeping it real with some, what? You never knew? Let's give them pumpkin to talk about with some no more funny business. And you're all going to have a resting witch face when you hear about this week's well done, old chum. So sit back, grab a bag of your favourite candies, a big bowl of popcorn, turn off the lights, make sure all the doors are locked and check under the bed and enjoy all Money to Burn has to offer. You're listening to Money to Burn's Halloween Special. to burn so this week's what you never knew is a fact about ireland that's gonna blow your mind now when you think of ireland you probably think of harps shamrocks lovely green fields people slugging um pints of guinness eating a big bowl of potatoes and probably leprechauns dancing at the end of the rainbow with a pot of gold and i'll tell you that is all of those things are very irish that's just an average day in sunny dublin but another thing you probably think of when you think of ireland is saint patrick's day it's very very famous day well that's where this week's what you never knew brings us because halloween is actually more irish than saint patrick's day and you're probably laughing at me there Yeah, even the spirits are laughing at me, but it's actually true. Halloween origins come from a Celtic festival for the dead called Samhain. Celts believed um, that ghosts of the dead roamed the earth on this holiday, so people would dress in costumes and leave treats out on their front door to appease the roaming spirits. Now, granted the Celts were not solely based in Ireland when these customs started taking shape, um, but it was actually the Irish Celts who were the ones who invented the jack-o'-lantern. Now, the Halloween prototype was eventually distributed and adapted by Christian missionaries into celebrations closer to what we'd celebrate today. Um, And that includes partly by the non-Irish St. Patrick himself, whose work was later mostly recognised by Americans, not the Irish. Now, St. Patrick's Day was basically invented in America by Irish Americans. Um, And it actually only really started becoming a big festival in the 1970s in Ireland. Up to that, it was a minor religious holiday. It wasn't that big a deal. So it's actually not all that Irish at all. And for what it's worth, St. Patrick was probably not really Irish himself. A lot of people say that he wasn't, he, not probably, but more than likely wasn't Irish himself. And the story about banishing snakes is actually just a metaphor for triumph over Irish paganism. And that's the type of paganism that invented, yep, yeah, Halloween. Money to Burn is now on Twitter. 
To join the other Money to Burn maestros from around the globe, find us under Money to underscore Burn. That's Money to underscore Burn. This week's Well Done Old Chum goes out to a man in South Dublin that makes Halloween special for thousands of people every year. And it's Ken's Halloween House of Horrors in Bayview in Shankill. Now I'll tell you a little bit about it. It started out 21 years ago. They started out with one witch and two lights. And they decided to bring a little bit of Halloween fun and cheer uh, to the people of Shankill and then people from all over the country and outside the country started flocking to Shankill to see this house. Because he turns his house basically into a house of horror. Um, Not literally, but he puts up all ghosts and ghouls, witches, you name it. A lot of effort goes into this. I was actually on site uh, one year when it was getting put up and the amount of work that goes in is incredible. You can go onto the uh, their Facebook page actually, Ken's Halloween House of Horrors, and you can see some of the pictures of some of the stuff uh, that he has put up. Now, in the twenty one years, he always does it for charity. They uh, have some boxes out the front, and although it is free to go into the house, he doesn't charge anyone to come in and have a walk around and have some fun. But there is charity boxes at the front for people to make donations, and in the twenty one years, he has raised. Over 45,000 for charities in Ireland. Isn't that incredible? 45,000. The last couple of years they've been doing it uh, for Deborah Ireland. And they're going to be doing it for Deborah Ireland again this year. Now unfortunately because of COVID restrictions they haven't, they're not going to be able to do uh, Ken's Halloween House of Horrors this year. But they are going to be putting up a couple of small uh, decorations just to put a smile on people's faces as they walk by. And there is going to be a donation coffin. Uh, yeah, that's what I said, that donation coffin. Not a box. Uh, outside so people can still donate to Deborah Ireland if they like. And there's also a GoFundMe page. And I would encourage people to still do it because just because people can't come maybe visit the house or Halloween maybe is on hold it still shouldn't stop uh, people donating to this great cause and adding to that 45,000 euro that Ken um, and his team have managed to raise for charities all over Ireland and that's why this week's well done old chum goes to Ken's Halloween House of Horrors visit on Facebook and donate generously You're listening to the Money to Burn Halloween Special. None of your business on Money to Burn. So once a vaccine is made available and COVID-19 starts to appear in our rearview mirror... A lot of people are going to want to go on holidays. And the usual places are going to be places people go. They're going to go to like so the south of France. Some lovely trip over to Spain. Might pop over and see the sister. Um, and uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. All these beautiful places that people like to go on holidays. Ibiza. That's where people are going to want to go. They're going to, they're going to be missing out on holidays. But if you like a good scare... 
you might want to go to one of these places instead. Here's four places, four alternative places for you to go once COVID has passed and you're able to travel again. These are places to go that will have the hair standing on the back of your neck. Anywhere you have hair will be standing because these are four of the creepiest places on planet Earth. Um, The first place is in Ohio, so you get to go to the States, very nice, and it's known as Helltown. Helltown, Ohio, that's number one. There are plenty of haunted places in the States, but this abandoned village is shrouded in ghastly tales, and each of them is more terrifying than the next. Um, It wasn't always named after the eternal fires of hell, uh, and it was in fact known as the quaint uh, name of Boston Township. Yeah, that's a much more kind of less creepy name. And um, if you said I'm going to Boston Township, people might say, oh, lovely. The Boston people are very nice. But if you say I'm going to Helltown, Ohio, um, it couldn't be but um, a bit rough. Um, but from 1806 to 1994, Boston Township and its citizens um, enjoyed a very peaceful existence. Right up until President Ford signed off on a bill that let the National Park Service reclaim the land and Boston Township in particular to create new national parks. The government quickly started buying homes in the area and closing them off with boards and slapping no trespassing signs on the doors. Some were demolished, some were burned in fire training exercises, many were abandoned. When the plans for the park decayed faster than the rotting houses and thus the rumours and urban legends were born. An abandoned bus uh, was home to ghoulish activity. A winding overgrown road has been named the end of the world. The church is said to be satanic and the cemetery haunted. Yes, haunted. You just say it like that. Can't just say haunted. The entire town is said to be cursed and the woods are allegedly alive with looming figures. Yeah. Don't cut that down there, it'll follow me. Careful there, Dylan. Um, if you believe the rumours that is now, because um, they are just rumours, these days the town is a favourite of ghost hunters, adventurous tourists, lost motorists and teenagers who loot and vandalise the remaining structures. You can take a drive to the area to see if the hairs do stand on the back of your neck and other places, um, and it is one of the world's most spooky spots. So maybe that's somewhere you want to check out in America uh, rather than the usual spots. Helltown, Ohio is number one. Number two, Banff Springs Hotel in Canada. If it's ghostly, um, it's a ghostly um, luxury hotel. Um, if you're looking, if you're looking for a luxury hotel like somewhere that you can put your feet up, um, it's not one. But it's a ghostly luxury hotel. As in, if you're into ghosts and you're into creepy things, then this is the kind of luxury you're gonna lo- uh, you're gonna like. Um, it's not room service and uh, feet up, chill out kind of time. It's kind of more on edge. So this hotel is both awe-inspiring and just as popular with spirits as it is travellers. So the ghosts love it as much as the people who actually stay there. Um, originally built in 1888 and rebuilt after a fire in 1916, the famous year here in Ireland, the ho- hotel rumour mill uh, suggests the existence of several unearthly beings that call this place home. I hope they're paying. I mean, it's a hotel. <laughs> it's not a freebie. And um, according to Haunted Places to Go, room 873 might be of particular interest for a traveller looking for a different experience. Legend has it a family was murdered in this room and that their spirits haven't left this place. Sam McCauley, a hotel bellman, is said to haunt the hotel after passing away 
in the mid-1970s. Yeah, very, very creepy. Um, some guests claim that they have been able to, uh, they have helped an elderly gentleman wearing period clothes even when there was no one on staff to, that fit that description. Uh, while others say they have seen elevator doors opening and closed unaided. Um, I hope they just check to see was there anything in the way of the doors because doors actually do that. Hotel doors or um, lift doors do go back and forth if there's something blocking their way. I must actually write to the hotel and ask them that. Quite funny if it was just that and it was nothing at all. Scary. Uh, At number three is Island of the Dolls in Mexico. Now this does sound really creepy. Just south of Mexico City, the uninhabited island of the Dolls has a sad history mixed with creepy phenomena. The legend is that a girl drowned in a canal surrounding the island and someone later, um, sometime later, uh, dolls began to wash up ashore on the island. Julian, the island's only inhabitant and caretaker for some 50 years, a long time to work in that job, hung the dolls from the trees to please her, but was later found drowned in the same spot as the girl. The island is now a tourist attraction with people bringing dolls to hang in order to appease the spirits. The creepiness of the island no doubt adds to the hyperbole of reports claiming the dolls sometimes move their heads and arms, open their eyes or whisper to each other. It could be just one of those dolls that you buy and you put batteries in the back and they actually move their heads and arms. It might not necessarily be that the doll's moving by itself, but who knows. And at number one on our little list, or number four, depending on what way you read the list, but our fourth one is based here in Ireland. And it's Charleville Forest Castle. And is so famously haunted that it's been featured on shows such as Fox's Scariest Places on Earth and Living TV's most haunted what a show unbelievable and the irish castle has been visited by numerous paranormal investigators and psychics and many of its guests have reported strange happenings in the whole castle uh, during their stay i've had many strange happenings um at castles myself and but they weren't too uh, spiritual or it was just drunk people uh, staggering back to their rooms after a good night and i don't think that really counts but charleville castle was built in 1798 and for the first earl of charleville william burry and his family the castle remained in the Burry family until 1963, where Colonel Charles Howard Burry suddenly dropped dead. Yeah, he did indeed. Uh, today, a woman named Bridget Vance owns the property and is restoring the castle to its original Gothic revival beauty. It's good. I like when people things are revived back to their old glory. Uh, castle workers say construction has awakened the spirits of Charleville. They report having heard strange whispering voices and classical music throughout the castle. Many are also have also heard the sounds of children playing in a room of the castle that was once the nursery. It's still the nursery and that's why there's noises. No, it's not. Uh, according to legend, a girl named Harriet died a tragic death at Charleville while paying, uh, playing in the stairwell in the early 1980s. In, in, in early, should I say, easy for me to say, in early 1800s. Harriet's ghost has been seen in the stairwell and people have said they felt a cold brush of wind brush past them as they descend the steps. The little girl can be heard in rooms around the castle, moving furniture and giggling and talking. Well, kids do tend to do that. Um, I'm sure spirit kids do. But children aren't the only spirits to haunt Charleville. Uh, the castle is said to have been built on land that was once an ancient druid stomping ground. And the Vance family uh, reports to have seen ghostly hooded figures around the castle grounds. 
They could have been teenagers with their hoods up, but let's say for the interest of this, they're not. So when we all get uh, the all clear uh, to travel again, uh, once COVID has been lifted, um, perhaps uh, some of these places are uh, of interest to you. Maybe you want to go visit um, Helltown or you want to go visit Charleville Castle um, or the Island of the Dolls or Banff Springs Hotel in Canada. How about that for an alternative holiday rather than the usual Spain, sunny Spain or Las Vegas for two weeks? Um, go there. I'll tell you, to these, these would be much, much better holidays. So if it is something that you want to do instead of doing the usual, go there if you dare. Or if you can get two weeks from the boss to contact money to burn please reach out on money to burn podcast at gmail.com money mentions on money to burn So this week's money mentions goes out to two guys and um, separate people and they don't work together right well they do the same thing they have YouTube channels okay because we know we've in the past you've probably heard we've given shout outs on money mentions to businesses local businesses to big businesses to online services uh, we've given loads of podcast shout outs and on this week we're giving YouTube channels a mention and there are two YouTube channels that I would watch myself because um, I do love a little bit of horror and um, I like a lot of comedy I love sport but now and then you want something to just give you a little bit of a scare a little bit of a fright and I think in the month of Halloween or the month of October and leading up to Halloween and on Halloween day of course you want to watch something kind of scary but a lot of the old films you've probably watched them so many times and don't get me wrong on Halloween night every Halloween night since I was about seven years of age I've watched uh, the film Halloween you probably love Halloween I love Halloween myself um, the music you probably hear it there in the background yeah um, absolute classic get the old hair sanding on the back of your neck there the first one's brilliant the second and third not so much and the fourth fifth sixth and seventh of them um, definitely not so much but the first one especially I'd watch every year absolute quality but getting back to my point you're probably sick of watching all the same films over and over again, but you want to give yourself a little bit of a fright maybe, you want to watch something kind of a little bit spine tingling, and that's where these guys come in. Now their names are Mr. Nightmare and Lazy Masquerade. Now if you haven't heard of these guys before, go check them out, because they have some brilliant stuff on their channels. Now it's all kind of creepy stuff, it's like, I'll just give you an example, um, four more uh, cryptic unsolved mysteries, uh, disturbing animated horror short story. Nine dark Wikipedia pages to creep you out. It's all kind of horror stuff. Um, like uh, nine deeply disturbing Reddit posts. You know, so it's all kind of... The, the thing about these uh, videos are... Um, a lot of them are just posts that people would have put up on Reddit. And you don't really know if they're true or not. But because there's an element of where you don't really know if this really happened or not. And there's a possibility that it did. Um, it can be pretty creepy. So if you do like something that gives you a little bit of a scare um, and you're sick of watching all the old films and you, or you might want to watch some of the old films but you want to watch something a little bit different, definitely give these guys a look. As I say, it's Mr. Nightmare and my favourite, Lazy Masquerade, uh, spelled L-A-Z-Y-M-A-S-Q-U-E-R-A-D-E. Give him a look up and give Mr. Nightmare a look up as well and have a look at some of their videos and I think you'll really, really enjoy them. And as Lazy Masquerade says, the best things happen 
in the dark. Hi, I'm Carol, and I listen to Money to Burn while having a cup of coffee in Alicante. Hi, my name is Sue, and I listen to Money to Burn while I'm out walking in Tucson, Arizona in the USA. Hi, I'm Michael. I listen to Money to Burn driving along in Eindhoven in the part of Holland. Money Mentors on Money to Burn. So this week's Money Mentor. You could only have one real Money Mentor at Halloween. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him and see can you guess who this is. He was born in September 21st, 1947. He's 73. He looks great for 73. That's another clue. He's from Portland, Maine in the USA. Um, his books have sold more than 350 million copies and many have been adapted into films, television series, miniseries and comic books. Now, can you guess who that is already? Um, I'll give you a few more clues and then I'll tell you who it is. He's published 61 novels, including seven under the pen name Richard Bachman. That might have given it away, the Bachman books, I read it myself. And five non-fictional books. He's also written approximately 200 short stories, or essays as they're known in Ireland, uh, most of which have been published in book collections. If you haven't guessed by now, you're never going to guess. It's the absolute legend that is Stephen King. Yes, when you think of horror and you think of Halloween, if you think of anyone ahead of Stephen King, I'll be surprised. Like, when you think of, like, if you think of Halloween, who's the first person that comes to mind, isn't it? Bram Stoker is probably one of them. And uh, that's with good reason, because Stephen King has actually won the Bram Stoker Award, which is really highly prestigious in the horror world. Um, my phone just dropped there. You probably heard that uh, banging sound. Um, was that a spirit? Was it not? Perhaps it was. Um, we'll only find out if I get to the end of this section. Um, but look, he's uh, he's also known as the King of Horror. Now, that's a nice little play on his surname, uh, Stephen King. I like it. And he's written, some of the films he's written, people have probably watched them and didn't even know they were by Stephen King. Um, older people, people who are in the uh, 70s, 80s and 90s, uh, I fall somewhere amongst there would probably know all of his films. But people who have grown up uh, after that would probably have seen some of these films and didn't even know they were his. Like It, the remaking of It. It wasn't the original, the one that was out there recently enough. There was one obviously out there in the 90s. It was one of my favourite films growing up, um, as it was my sister's too, Kira. And there was Carrie, The Shining, The Shining, another brilliant film, Thinner, uh, Misery, He's written so many unbelievable films. Now, it obviously, of course, originally was a TV series, not actually a film, but um, it kind of it's four hours long. So I'm going to throw that into the old film category. Um, and out of all these films, all these books, and everything he's done, he's actually made five hundred million dollars, and I think he's earned every cent because in the horror industry, this guy, as I said earlier, is the king, and that's why he's this week's money mentor because he is on Twitter, he is on Instagram, and you should follow him because he's got loads of interesting things to say. He gets a little political at times, but that's okay. Um, and he's not on Facebook though. So if you're on Facebook, he's not on there. He says he doesn't trust it, and um, the security. Of of it and um, he thinks he could be hacked too easily on there i've heard a lot of celebrities saying that i might have to get off of myself i think i'm i think i'm big too big a celebrity now um to be on facebook but no he's on twitter he's on instagram and he's well worth uh following now there's a couple of things about stephen king that you might not know um stephen and tabitha king own their own radio station yeah it's called zone radio 
um, a company that serves the head their three radio stations in Maine. One of them, WKIT, is a classic rock station and goes by the tagline Stephen King's Rock Station, which is kind of uh, pretty obvious because it is Stephen King and it's his rock station. So it's a good tagline. Whoever wrote that, I hope you were paid very well. Now, another thing about him that you might not have known is uh, King was hit by a van not far from his summer home in Maine in 1999. The incident left King with a collapsed lung, multiple fractures to his hip and leg and a gash to the head. Afterward, King said his lawyer bought the van for 1500 King or King and his lawyer bought the van, should I say, for $1,500 with King announcing that, yes, we've got the van and I'm going to take a sledgehammer and beat it. Yes, so he actually bought the van that hit him um, and then subsequently smashed it to bits with a sledgehammer as only the King of Horror could. Now, another one, it's a little thing about Stephen King that you might not have known. You probably wondered how he got all so good at writing about horror but it's actually a bit of a sad story of how he kind of first started getting into horror and um, well it was kind of subliminally i'll reveal all now but king's brain seems to be able to create chilling stories um at such an amazing clip like he does he just comes up with them out of nowhere he bangs out books um like he's writing essays uh, but yes he's seen his fair share of horror in real life in addition to the accent that i just mentioned king was just a kid when his friend was struck by a train um, and that's actually a plot line that uh, was made into a story, The Body, the book The Body, uh, which was later adapted into the film Stand By Me. You've probably seen the film Stand By Me and didn't even know that was anything to do with Stephen King because it's just nothing like what he's uh, written previously. And while it would be easy to assume this incident informed much of King's writings, the author claims that he actually has no memory of it. It's people around him that say that having been around that incident because supposedly he came home and he had a look of fear on his face and they didn't know what had happened until they went and looked at the train track and found the body. Um, it actually paralysed him with fear but some people say it did inspire him um, to some of his writings but King um, kind of disputes that but we'll see um, he played also in a band here's another thing about Stephen King that you might not have known that he actually played in a band with other successful authors yes King played rhythm guitar for a band made up of successful writers called the Rock Bottom Remainders and from 1992 to 2012 the band toured about once a year in addition to King there was Amy Tan Dave Barry Mitch Album, Barbara Kingslover Matt Groening, yes, of The Simpsons, and Ridley Pearson were just some of its members. Um, that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, authors all together banging out the music, and why not? Um, and in Stephen King's family, he isn't the only writer. His wife, Tabitha, has published several, no uh, several novels, and Joe, the oldest son, followed in his dad's footsteps and is the best-selling horror writer, um, he writes under the name, by the way, Joe Hill, if you're looking to find any of his books. And his youngest child, Owen, has also written a collection of short stories and one novella. And him and his dad also co-wrote Sleeping Beauties. If you want to give that a uh, look, check it out. So I think you can kind of see there that the future of horror is in good hands. But there will always be just one king. You're listening to... The Money to Burn Halloween Special. No more funny business on Money to Burn. 
So sticking with the Halloween theme that we got going on here, um, our no more funny business this week isn't exactly funny, but more kind of dark, if you will. Um, which is kind of ironic because I'm actually recording this episode in the dark just to really, really get in the mood. So if you hear any creepy noises or anything like that, um, it could be because I turned the lights out. Because it's, oh, you know yourself, you turn the lights out, you always hear uh, sounds that aren't even there. Like you you think you've heard screams. Um, but you know yourself that no one was screaming. You, you just heard it in your head. So if you heard screaming there, like that was in your head. You just because I told you that I'm sitting in the dark here recording this, which made you think that. But on this week's No More Funny Business... The company that I'm going to be telling you about had an idea. It's it, A guy was sitting there one night and he thought to himself, I wonder who lived in this house before I did. And I wonder what, what happened to him. Do you ever sit there and think that? Who lived in your house before you? Like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And did anyone ever die in your house? Now it might be something you've ever thought of. But this guy did, and he knew that plenty of others did too. Because some people just would never live in a house if they knew that someone had died there, um, either by natural causes or by other. So, he set up diedinhouse.com. Okay, it's one of the creepiest startups that I've ever heard about. Um, and the company's founder uh, found out that someone had died in his house. So he inquired about it and he was told by the previous owner that someone had died there. And it made him think, Jesus, there must be more people out there that feel a bit uneasy knowing that someone had died in where they were living. So he decided to set this up. Diedinhouse.com became a thing. And he... On the website, he has, basically it says that for eleven ninety nine, it will tell you whether someone died in your house, whether you're already, where you already live there, or you're considering buying it. So it's whether you live there or not already. And uh, maybe perhaps I wouldn't check it if you're already living there. It's probably uh, best to live and uh, not knowing. Um, but or if you are thinking of buying it, it might be a good investment. Now, this is for our American listeners, by the way, because you can only find out if someone died at diedinhouse.com in the States. It hasn't taken off globally, but it's really, really popular in the States. Um, it seems to have a decent turnover um, from what you see online of people talking about it. It seems fairly popular that people do want to find out. Um, you get a report. If you look on the website, you'll see that you get a report that says uh, deaths that occur at the address, whether it's by murder, um, accidental or natural. It also lets you know, um, I've been watching Breaking Bad actually at the moment, I'm onto the fourth series, but it also tells you whether there's been any meth activity, including labs, dump sites or chemical and glassware there at the house. Um, it tells you whether there was fire-related incidents occurring at the address and names of associates at the address, names associated, so you can see if there was anyone uh, who's a bit of bad news living there and you might want, not want to live there um, anymore. But I found the bit interesting, mainly uh, the bit that tells you if someone had died at the address and would it bother you? something to ask yourself would it bother you if you found out that someone had uh, got a grisly end to where you lived I'll tell you I don't think it would bother me too much as long as they were kind of pretty friendly what was that And that, my friends, is the end of episode 21, or as I also call it, the Halloween special. And that was my popular request. There's a few mails in over the last couple of weeks asking what we do nothing special for Halloween. So we had to give you something to really enjoy. As the old saying goes, if you got it, haunt it. And we certainly did there tonight. I hope you've enjoyed the little Halloween twist that we put on this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can get us on money to burn podcast at gmail.com. You can also get us on Twitter, money to underscore burn. Join the uh, money to 
to burn maestros over there and you can also get us on instagram at money to burn podcast add us on any of those and it's always great to hear from you and if you want to get in the good books this halloween remember one thing that demons are a ghoul's best friend so until next time stay safe stay happy but most of all stay spooky (laughs) 